This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Ryan Estes, owner, founder of KitCaster.com, and he's going to give us the game on how he's helping those of you, whether you're new or old, just got to have the budget, you guys, to get better guests on your podcast and just how to expand your knowledge and, you know, wealth. So, Ryan, welcome to the show. Please tell us what KitCaster is all about. You bet. It's such a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate it. Um, so KitCaster is a podcast booking agency. Um, we book entrepreneurs online. Um, I'm sorry, online podcasts. So largely they're remote podcasts, particularly during COVID. Um, so we work with, you know, funded startup founders, uh, entrepreneurs with exits, um, C-suite level executives, and we we book them on fantastic podcasts like this one you listen to right now. Awesome, awesome. And and I told everyone in the beginning, you know, if you have the budget, because a lot of folks get defeated by, you know, once they hear, oh, it's not free. Something about free 99, people feel like if it's not free, they get intimidated. They start telling you what they don't have, even though they might have, you know, a Maserati in the garage. So talk about, <laughs> talk about the price. And, you know, why that price is really a steal of a deal for those who want to get better guests on their podcast. Absolutely. You know, and our service is not cheap. And I'm definitely sensitive to that. And there's a lot of care that goes into it um, and a lot of work that goes into it. So it's not cheap at all. You know, it's about $4,000 for the initial commitment with Kitcaster. And what that looks like is basically over three months we're going to book you on 10 different podcasts. Um, in the beginning, we kind of have an onboarding process where we kind of get to the bottom of, you know, who is the ideal audience for you to be speaking to? Or another way, like, who's ultimately going to be listening to these interviews, you know? And oftentimes for entrepreneurs, it's kind of based on outcomes, you know? It's like, what, what are you trying to get out of it? A lot of people come to us because... They're looking for prospects, for sure. They're looking to grow their business. Um, a lot of folks come to us looking for runway. You know, they're, maybe they're kind of at the end of their original fundraising round and they want to find investors. People find us because they want to recruit talent. You know, they want to bring new people into the organization, you know, to network, to, to just meet uh, the, the podcast host oftentimes bears interesting fruit. So we kind of start there, you know, hey, what are the outcomes of this podcast uh, tour? And then we find an audience for that. And then we begin selecting podcasts based on their audience. So that's kind of the beginning stages. Um, then we build media kits, craft a pitch, really put together kind of the narrative and the position that we want to, to build for the pitch. And then our agents go out and, and book people on shows. So generally speaking, you know, we start, it's about $4,000. We break that up into three payments. You know, enrollment is a monthly payment. Um, 
do 10 podcasts over three months. And then if everything's gone good, it just turns into um, kind of a monthly enrollment where we're booking them on three different podcasts per month. Um, generally, you know, the folks that work with us, it's about an hour commitment a week. So <clears throat> really, if, if there's entrepreneurs that are interested in going on podcasts, you know, the, and you want to work with Kickcaster, it's about an hour commitment a week. We do a pretty good job at kind of keeping the cadence about once a week so, so as to not kind of overwhelm the schedules of our clients. And so that's if you want to get on podcasts. And then after that, what is the monthly? After the 4000 is covered, then if they want to do the three podcasts, is the price, um, you know, does it go up? Does it go down? Um, I know you don't keep doing it for free just because you love all of your clients. So what does that commitment <laughs> look like? You bet. So it basically breaks down to thirteen fifteen per month for three months. And then after that, it goes to eleven fifty per month for three podcast placements per month. Okay. And and do you do anything also with podcasts if they like you work with the podcast as well? If they want your better guests, so it's kind of like a double dip. I'm greedy like that because I can definitely see it as a, a as a consultant and a publicist. Like, okay, well, if I work with the podcast too, I, I'm double dipping, but you're still doing work that's needed. So, do you also work with the um, podcasters? And is that the same amount of money? It depends. So it's a little bit different on the podcast side because, of course. Um, if they want to book our clients, our active clients, then we're more than happy that they, they bring them on the show for sure. But there are examples where people will have a very specific niche podcast. Um, and then they pay us the same price to go find them guests. <clears throat> One of those podcasts was, is uh, called Festival Pass. And the whole um, kind of the people that Festival Pass have on their podcast are... Um, the founders and owners of music festivals, um, not only music festivals, but also like kind of food, uh, summer festivals, things like that. Um, so, so then we work on in the same capacity on the opposite side, because then we have to go find very specific people and get them scheduled onto the show. Um, so it can work both ways, you know, with podcast hosts, if you have particularly a business focus, maybe even kind of a society and culture podcast, health and wellness podcast, then you're going to love our roster. <laughs> we have uh, uh, unbelievable guests that um, of all levels of success and all levels of horror crash and burn stories to share for all of our delight. <laughs> but um, so we could definitely help you there, um, which is of course free charge. You know, we just, we just are working on behalf of the clients at that, in that aspect. Okay, I, I love to explain that because, you know, folks ask me, you know, really for podcasting, people say, what's your why? And I'm extremely nosy. So that's my why for doing all the business that I do. And if I think I can do it, great, and it serves a purpose. So I want everyone to understand that. But with you even pitching people to get on podcasts, um, you, it's, it's, you know, you're playing the publicist role in some of that. And I would say for that amount of money, you're getting a steal of a deal. Ryan's giving it to you a lot cheaper than I would for four months. I'm just, I'm, I'm just being honest with you guys. So don't look at it like a lot of money because that's, uh, you know, just your opinion if you know the business. 
but a lot goes in to booking. How many phone calls you have to make? How many emails? Um, how do you deal with, though, those people who come to your company and say, Ryan, or, you know, and talking to your team, I want to be on, you know, Seth Godwin's um, or the School of Greatness. And that's what I'm really interested in. So they want to kind of cherry pick, not understanding that they have to work their way up because who knows them and who cares. But they think they're the next Gary V or whoever they want to, you know. <laughs> yeah. so how do you deal with that? You know, it delicately because, you know, you're dealing with people that want to be on podcasts and, and they're kind of feeling themselves, and that's great. It's a great place for them. So, you know, kind of the, the way you put it is a great way to think about it. You know, the Seth Godin, Gary V, Joe Rogan, um, if you make enough noise and they're interested, they'll find you. And that's basically how you get on um, those three particular shows. You know, if you're, you're looking at the top five podcasts in the world where it's just a little bit a different beast, um, you know, What's interesting is we work largely out of kind of Apple podcast top 100 shows. And that means that 99 of those shows, <laughs> our clients have never even heard of them before. So we do a lot of preparation on the front end, you know, talking about like, okay, you know, um, Joe Rogan might be awesome to go on if you want to, you know, smoke DMT and talk about aliens, you know, but does that really align with the outcomes you're looking for? You know, and maybe it does, <laughs> and we'll go for it. Um, we'll definitely pitch to Rogan, and we'll, we'll get, try and get in front of absolutely anybody. Um, but I think it is important in the beginning to set realistic expectations and, and to, to look for shows that have big audiences that can be impactful for their business, that can be um, really fun. So often we'll present a, a list of podcasts to our clients in the beginning and say, hey, if you do like, you know, Seth Godin, you do like Gary Vee, you do like Joe Rogan, well, here are podcasts that are very similar to those podcasts that don't have, you know, the, the same, and they're not, you know, it's not a $100 million Spotify deal here, but if for the outcomes you're looking for and the value you're looking to create from the conversation, I think it'd be on par. So I think people are very receptive to that because even if you want to go on Oprah's podcast, it's like, are you sure you're ready for your first podcast to be Oprah? <laughs> you know? Wouldn't it be better if your 50th podcast was on Oprah? You know, it's like, let's, let's whittle your, your stories and your, your podcast acumen down to a, a fine tip point before we, we go make a big statement on a huge show. Yes. And, and let's go even, I'm going to ask you the questions I'm always asked doing this for almost 20 years. And people say, you know, can you send me out your, you know, your, your research on the ROI? I've had people have asked for white papers and I've always been in a place, thank God, where we say no to more people than we say yes as a business. And, and yeah. it's just because of the type of um, skills that we have and, and qualifications and things I've done and my team has done in the past. But how do you deal with that? Because somebody will ask you for a full white paper, just catered to their niche and say, how do I know if I pay you $4,000, I'm going to make my money back. Um, whereas you could go to Entrepreneur on Fire and John is going to charge you unless he really likes you because I've booked for him for free for clients. 
uh, $3,500 just to be yeah. on his one show. And so how do you deal with that? And maybe you do have a white paper or a deck where you say, you know, this is where most of our clients uh, make their money back. Because people who don't know the business have no clue. They just think, oh, I'll be on Oprah and I'll be a millionaire tomorrow. Yeah, that's so true. You know, people people want to hit home runs. They don't want to hit for average. <laughs> you know, um, you want to have a life changing moment, and I appreciate that. And you know, I don't mind the ROI conversation at all. And the the problem is, is when you're talking about a return from podcasting, it doesn't really fit neatly on a spreadsheet. You know, there's just so many variables and so many factors. So we've had, uh, I think, three different people that have raised, you know, six, seven figure fundraising rounds as a direct result from podcasts that we've booked them on at Kitcaster. Um, we've had people, uh, pretty much all of our clients, you know, get prospects and sales. You know, we, we work with a lot of SaaS companies. So, you know, their, their uh, seats are, you know, anywhere from what, 10 bucks, probably to hundred bucks a month. And so, you know, they definitely pick up logo seats um, from podcasting, you know, we've had people find uh, senior engineers for their product. We've had uh, we've had people close seven figure deals, <laughs> you know, as a direct result from podcasting. Now, how how you can present that to every individual person is tough. So, really, what I start with is you know is kind of a takeaway, which is to say that like if you're coming into podcasting and you're like looking for you know a, a, a cash machine you know i'm gonna put in i'm gonna put in a dollar and get out ten dollars don't do it you know like um i didn't use podcasting to get kickcaster off the ground i went to google adwords and facebook ads like everybody else you know so if you're looking for just straight lead gen and that's it there's going to be better ways probably to to serve you because a lot of the gains you know um, from podcasting are kind of ethereal and, and hard to pin down. You, you know, the personal and professional development, you know, kind of what I spoke to before, which is like, after you've gone on 10, 11, 12 podcasts, um, you're just much more eloquent of, of a speaker. I mean, I'm sure you can kind of attest to that, that you've told, if you told a story 10 times, it's on the tip of your tongue. You start to learn where the punchlines are. You start to learn where like, um, where the beats are to the story and you just get better and better and better. So, you know, what's the value of that hard to pin down. Um, the other side of, of podcasting as kind of a, a validation is let's say you spend $4,000 on podcasts, you go on 10 podcasts and nothing happens, which means you might've spoke about your business for maybe seven, eight, nine hours in accumulatively over these 10 podcasts and nothing happened you might have a problem with your product <laughs> and product market fit. So, um, you know, if you're talking about ROI, that we have a lot of case studies to show how it can be very beneficial. Um, but really the people that we want to work with just see the benefits as being self-evident. I love that. And with getting them booked on the shows, you do any media training before they go, because you could put them on the Joe Rogan's, the Oprah's, and if you don't know what to say and how to talk about your product, no one cares. It's like going on Shark Tank. You know, people think back in the day, oh, I'm going to Shark Tank. I'll be famous until they find out you're not a nice person or you don't know how to um, do logistics for your product. 
So do you do the media training for them as well? We do. It's, a, it's an optional add-on, but we do offer media training. And largely it's that, you know, it's, it's about preparing um, for podcasts, organizing kind of a couple of anecdotes, you know, hey, what are the sh- stories I could tell at a party that get a couple of laughs, um, some key benefits around the product and just some features that you want to be sure to hit. Um, we'll go through some kind of relaxation techniques um, and then we'll kind of address what happens in the beginning of every campaign, which is kind of the arising of big emotions, um, which I guess I was surprised in the, in the beginning of, of doing this. Um, I had a, a founders podcast for, I don't know, eight or nine years. Absolutely loved it. I'd bring, I, I think I interviewed 300 people, um, had a great time doing it. And so I felt like, oh, okay. Um, I kind of know the drill with this podcasting stuff. Um, and then what we were running into early on with our, our clients, the first couple of weeks being kind of rocky. You know, of people being like, oh, I don't think that, I don't think this podcast is a good fit. It's too big for me. Or, or I don't think this podcast is a good fit because it doesn't have as many reviews. Or I looked at their other guests and their other guests are really good. I don't know. And both sides of the, of the spectrum, whether the show is too good or they were too good. Um, what I just noticed is that a lot of big emotion comes up. Uh, and, and I couldn't really understand why until I had my team started to book me on other people's podcasts. And then I got it because I did the same thing. There, there's something about one, when you start, we build you a media kit, you know? And so you really have to put out, Hey, here's the topics I want to talk about. Here's the questions I want to be asked. Here's who I am in about 200 words, you know, here's a picture of me. Oh my God. It's, it's horrible. You know, you're, you're going through this, this media kit process and it's really challenging because you're looking at yourself objectively and, and, you know, I don't know, that could be challenging. And then immediately you're getting booked on shows and you have to assess the show. So you're looking at it, you go, who are these guests? What is the show about? Like, oh my God, I, I, do I have any business going on this podcast? I don't know what I'm talking about. What's my business anyway? You know, all these strong, big emotions come up. So really what we do on the media training is just talk about that happening um, because it's almost automatic that it's going to happen and allowing space for that to, to take place because that's totally fine and, and totally normal. You know, it's not something to squelch down. It's like, yeah, this, this big emotion is going to come up for good reason. You know, you're, you're put on the spot. You're going to have to talk about what you're into. Um, but just rely on the fact of your preparation and your passion for what you do, that it's going to be able to pull you through. You know, you're an expert of you, so go out there and do it. So um, if people are interested, and I'd say probably 50-50, they do kind of opt in for our media training. Um, And it's it's interesting. Usually the people that are most experienced in media and podcasting are the ones that actually opt in for it, you know. They, they're already really well prepared, but they decide, you know, it's like, hey, well, why not? Let's, let's uh, see if we can get the best out of this. What type of growth have you seen since, you know, COVID? Because we saw, you know, um, it was like me and Peter Diamantis were, because just because I have the book and I love all his books, it's like, it's finally here. The future is faster than you think. Everybody's on Zoom. We don't have to go pay for $30 parking in these big cities. You know, I was in Seattle at the time. Um, Everything is booming online. People want to, you know, everyone wants to be on a podcast. 
are create a podcast. What type of explosion did you see? You know, it was it happened for us very quickly. So Kitcast were officially launched in September of 2019. Um, we had probably six months before that. My co-founder Brandy and I were kind of validating the product, um, kind of completing a couple pilot programs to make sure we had something. In September, you know, we tied a bow on it and and launched the thing. Um, so you know, at that point there was three of us, um, we hired another guy, um, and uh, my original business, which was a media marketing business um, that my wife and I run uh, and operate, um, I was basically planning that that March of 2020 that I'd, I'd kind of make the transition into Kickstarter full-time, my wife would take the reins of the media marketing agency full-time. Well, you know, of course, quarantine hits March, April of 2020, and the our media and marketing business is just gutted. You know, we are pretty heavily leveraged in in um, in food and beverage and hospitality, and so you know we got dropped by about seventeen clients overnight. And so, you know, I had I had planned on making the uh, <clears throat> switch over to Kitcaster, pardon me, um, <laughs> voluntarily, but it became kind of involuntary. It's like, okay, well now this is what you're doing, and so you know. A year ago, you know, when, it, when it's April 2021 now, a year ago, everyone's looking at the future like, oh, my God. On one hand, you're like, okay, two weeks, we'll all be inside. This will blow over. We'll be fine. Or the other side is like, maybe this is some kind of zombie seed and we're all going to, like, give birth to zombies and th this is the end of the world. I was, I was vacillating between both scenarios. <laughs> So, so so there's three four of us um i'm like okay we're doing this caster thing well flash forward a year um we had a very good year you know we we grew 465 percent when i looked at numbers last and uh year over year numbers in february um and our team is we're hiring our 16th person to the team um so we've been on a pretty aggressive growth trajectory you know hiring probably two or three people a month over the last year and kind of uh, double digit percentage month over month growth. Well, that's a great, great thing, especially in these times where, as you saw one business, you know, I say took an adjustment. It needs a, just an adjustment and then you get something else that grows and, and, you know, the best is yet to come. So you have plenty more, you know, that's going to happen. But I have to ask you with the uh, current success, and what's going to happen, what's a community give back that you are doing or that you plan to do in the future for this business? Oh, I love that. You know, um, we have a person, uh, her name's Savannah, and she's great. And it's basically her job to align our core values to organizations and causes that, that we can contribute. Um, so, you know, what is, is today Earth Day? It is. Today's Earth Day. So we planned on uh, a trash pickup. There's a, the South Platte runs right through Denver, and it's not too far from our office. And we actually had, um, we were going to go down to the Platte, kind of not an organized official event by any means, but I like to go fishing down there sometimes. And it's disgusting to me if there's like big gold cups and trash bag so we were going to go down there and just um pick up the pick up the river a little bit now today it's a little snowy so we're going to wait we're going to we're going to or punish mother earth on earth day for giving us this late snow 
why not picking up trash and then come back the next week? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, and then there's a couple other groups that I, it, I forget. I know that we're scheduled to do kind of a, um, it's kind of a soup kitchen, you know, where the team's going to go and do meal prep and prep out lunches. And then another team goes and delivers them. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Volunteers uh, for America and uh, work with them with my family a lot. So, you know, right now we're just in the process of kind of figuring out um, which organizations we want to kind of dedicate time to and, and, and give back in that way. Because I think that's, that's really important for our whole team and just a, kind of a thread that holds us together. Um, another big way that, that I personally have given back is in uh, a form of mentorship. Um, there's a great program here in Denver called uh, the Rocky Mountain Micro uh, what is it? Rocky Mountain Microfinance Institute. A bit of a mouthful, um, but they do microfinance loans and coaching for um, kind of uh, burgeoning entrepreneurs. Um, so working as a, a finance and business coach for them is something I've really enjoyed uh, because you know I think we could all benefit from going back in time and helping out ourselves, particularly as an entrepreneur, um, come up a little bit faster. So I'm able to do that uh, with those guys and really excited about um, kind of continuing that once everything opens up again. Now, with that mentorship of, you know, new entrepreneurs, have you looked into like maybe creating a, um, a incubator or a, a angel fund, um, venture fund, to say, you know what, I want to help you guys, but also with you guys making more money, let me jump on for some advisory shares so we make sure you don't get ripped off. Because what good is it to help you build up just for you to see the vultures? You don't see the vultures coming, and they swoop you up and take your baby off. So it, could that be in the play? You know, there's definitely something like that in my future. Um, the one kind of place that I think I would really like to be is um, there's kind of a new... Uh, what are they calling it? Like a startup platform. Now it's a, it, what is it? Uh, it's where startups go to die. It's really what it is. <laughs> so <laughs> basically it's a, it's an incubator only um, before you really even start creating the product, uh, a team of people will basically just try and kill your business before it's even started. Um, with the idea that, you know, as entrepreneur, you know, you, you, you're out here, you know, launching ideas into the world. And if one out of 10 uh, are worth a hill of beans, then you've done pretty good. So the idea is to kill off those nine as fast as possible um, so that you can get to that jewel, you know. And, okay, it's called a startup studio um, is kind of what these are being labeled as. And I, I think that would be the complement kind of what I really like in a business, which is that validation process, which is that big emotional place of facing the fact that nobody likes your business and it's not going to be successful. And you have to wrestle internally and change and pivot. And what was the word you used? Um, it wasn't that a business died. Is you know a great word. Well, the vultures is what I, you know, I had, I don't know, the, the, the vultures grabbing it, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, I see so many people giving their, 
ideas away just for, mm -hmm. you know, status or money. And it's like, wait, there's, but you have folks that do care, but they may not have the money. Like Tim Ferriss talks about in his new book, Tools of Titan. I'm going to come in as advisory shares, but I don't have to spend money because my brain is my network and my net worth. So, but, you know, somebody say, hey, I'll give you $100,000. Somebody who doesn't have, you know, $1,000 for their business, it sounds great. And I'm seeing it not just here in this country, but even in Africa. So I'm just wondering, because you seem to be like very focused. And if you have a heart for entrepreneurs, they need people who can latch on to them without sucking them dry like a vampire. Uh, yeah. Back. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, that's definitely in, in my future. I love entrepreneurs. Um, and the ups and downs and, and, and all of that. So I think I'll find a place where I'll, <laughs> I'll be most uh, beneficial with my skill set. You know, but, but first, I, I've got some work to do here with this podcast business. Definitely, definitely. And with the podcast business, you know, you see, um, as you mentioned, Joe Rogan with a $100 million deal that everybody just you know, you have to clap when Joe does anything because he could choke you out or give you a Taekwondo kick in the next week. So you're not going to challenge him. Um, ask Carlos Mencia. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, do you see um, yourself ever maybe selling this business or a portion of it because you're doing some of the hard work on both sides for these corporations that don't a lot of times get it right when they're so big? Because they don't have the ear of the people or the heart of, you know, a teacher. Yep, you bet. Absolutely. You know, I'm of the ilk that, you know, everything's built to sell. So um, if, if I know my business will run the way I want it to run, if I could sell it tomorrow, I'm having a lot of fun with this business. Don't see myself selling it. But of course, it depends on how many zeros are on that check, <laughs> <laughs> whether it's going to be today or tomorrow. But um, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, as an entrepreneur, I, I, I'm always looking to kind of diversify within our products, you know, so we got, you know, we have services like Kitcaster, we're building software, um, goods, and entertainment, I feel like you have to kind of be uh, approaching uh, your product from all these different angles. And, and because one, it just it keeps me satisfied as an entrepreneur of like, you know, keep looking for that, that next thing. And then it also gives you opportunity to test to see, like, hey, man, maybe this is a great product. We spin this off, put it on its own. So, you know, the, the things that you mentioned, media training, you know, the, the media training, we, we, we productize. And we put a lot of time into making media training, like, really good. Um, because then we want to see if it can stand alone as a product. And maybe, you know, I'd like to think that we're the best podcast booking agency in the world. But could we also become the best media training company in the world as well and spin that into its own independent business um so each component of what we do we're always kind of considering you know hey is it, can we productize this can can this stand on its own two feet can we sell this independently from what we're doing um so so absolutely you know if <laughs> once the price is right i'll definitely be happy to sell it and retire with you down in south florida and just spend the rest of my days fishing I mean, that's, <laughs> you'll, that, just create that's another, you'll create another business because it's, it, it's in you and you'll see an angle and say, hold on, fishing. 
What are we going to do? Yeah, with that? Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. I can't even help it. I just, I, I do love the, the creative aspect um, of business. So yeah, I, I'll always do it. And, and I'm having a, a blast with Kitcaster. It is, it is very fun um, to be working in, in audio. So yeah, I'm loving it. Now, what conferences can folks, you know, when things start clearing out and we get back to, you know, doing face-to-face -face and folks are running to hug somebody again, um, what conferences can people see you um, at? And, you know, and I also want to, you know, recommend, because a lot of podcasters, I'll say, hey, PodFest is great. I mean, I've gone in Orlando. It was great. But people are like, wait, what do you mean conferences? And to me, conferences make the difference. So which mm. ones do you love? You know what? I could have a lot to learn from you on this. I generally don't do conferences. Um, what I have done, though, with podcasting is local meetup groups. And that's been really interesting. Um, I met a great uh, coach named Greg Hickman um, that I learned a ton from, from a, a podcast meetup group. Um, there, there's several other people, um, Paul Caroli, I met at a podcast meetup group locally. Um, I found that the, the, the local groups were fantastic and I'm not, that's not in comparison to any, uh, um, larger events. Cause I just haven't gone to any of those. Um, but I'd love to, you know, I, maybe I took it for granted, but once you can't see anybody or gather around people, you know, you're like, Oh man. That's what I should have been doing. <laughs> you know, I was just staying home alone. And then when you're forced to, you, it becomes kind of disastrous. Definitely. Well, you guys see, you might catch him at some of these conferences. We're going to take this offline because we're going to talk about that and, and much more. But I thank you, Ryan, for coming on and giving the game. Absolutely my pleasure. This was really fun. Thanks for having me, Cash. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifiedgame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.